Support Our Sinclair and listen ad-free. Go to patreon.com slash Our Sinclair. Our Sinclair is also brought to you by the Div MMC Future from thefuturewas8bit.com. Quit waiting on tapes and fooling around with WAV files and load your games instantly with the Div MMC Future, a jumperless, switchless SD storage solution for all ZX Spectrums from the 16K all the way to the plus three. Get yours today at thefuturewas8bit.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Our Sinclair. I'm John. I'm Aaron. Jazz hands, boat. Aaron. Yeah. This evening, we're going to be discussing carrier command. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not I, what I thought it was. I would like to know if you've ever been on an aircraft carrier. I have. I have been on an aircraft carrier. Tell me about it. Um, I'm trying to think which... I've been on an aircraft carrier and a destroyer. I'm trying to think which is which. I think the aircraft carrier... Well, the aircraft carrier is the one that carries aircraft. Well, I know which the difference of the boats. I'm trying to think which the names are different. I've been to a couple of different ones. But yes, I've been on an aircraft carrier. It was awesome. Awesome and huge. The decks go on forever. The under part of this thing was amazing. The, everything about it was super cool. Yeah. If you were going to have a job on an aircraft carrier, what job would you want? I should never have that. That should never be something I do <laughs> because that would be the end of that. No, you don't want that. I'll tell you one thing. To, you can understand why people in the Navy are a special bunch, all right? And special men are selected. I'll tell you why, okay? There's a lot of walking and stair uh, climbing mm -hmm. and yep. ladder climbing. Yeah, ladder right? climbing. Secondly, uh, the port, the the uh, places you go through, uh, the doors and also they're you can't be real huge. They're not built for big guys. Now, of True. course, the ones I were on were, are old, World War II. Era. Yeah, back then people were like five four max. Right. Uh, the and all the seating and stuff was not made for a large. And I, that's not like I'm some kind of huge girthy monster. No, your yeah. average height for an American well, no. average girth. Average height is not. I think I'm a little hot, tall. I think you are. You're, is, you're yeah. a tall man. Oh, would you stop? But anyway, uh, it was uh, the job I would like to have would probably be whoever I probably cook, maybe mailroom attendant, something like that. Something that's pretty much nondescript. You know, I'd want the flag man. The flag man. Yeah, the guy that the controls when the aircraft take off. They give them one of these. Yeah. And they give them one of those. You have to know what that stuff means. You can't I don't know them. that they actually know what that oh, means. Oh, that, that's and it, that's some way they communicate between ships. Do you think they're they're actually that that corresponds to anything, or do you think that they just do it just for, you know like a little show? It's like the last little bit of entertainment before the pilot takes off. You know something I heard this week. It's funny, which is I just popped into my head. Uh, I believe, I'm trying to think with this gentleman, which ship he was on. There's a gentleman that's being honored. Uh, he's an African-American fellow, and he was at the Battle of Pearl Harbor, the attack at Pearl Harbor. Right. If you're not familiar with it, World War II. December 7th, 1941. Japanese attacked our, our uh, fleet at it's Pearl Harbor. the day Harbor before John Lennon was shot. And uh, blew a bunch of ships up. Anyway, crazy stuff. But here's something I didn't know. This is a sad state, but it's the way it was. Uh, this guy was an African-American. I think he was a cook on board one of the ships really? at Pearl Harbor, and he rushed up and got a gun and was shooting down planes, shooting wow. at the planes. This is like something you do here's, in Battlefield. Here's the funny thing, though. It's not that funny. Did he shoot down a no. plane? African-Americans weren't allowed to be in positions where they controlled firing weapons. Yeah, this was before the uh, and integration. So, and so uh, he, he wasn't even supposed to do it. 
And so it's taken all these years. They're going to finally name a, a ship after him. Wow. So that's kind of nice. And thank God we got past that. He's still with us. Oh, I don't know. I don't oh, think okay. so. No, okay. I think it's posthumously done. But that's kind of neat. But yeah, uh, uh, to see the, the 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 width and and the size of these vessels. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You be- have you ever been in any of these large ships? I, you know, I've never been on an aircraft carrier. My grandfather served on the USS Boxer in World War II. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and it's amazing because the aircraft carriers then were massive, and now the ones that they have now are twice as massive. Yeah. Um, I did read an article recently in The Economist about how the aircraft carriers have actually become a giant boondoggle for the U.S. Navy because everybody wants them. And they're massively expensive. And yeah. if any ever sink, if any ever sink, it's the end of the, it's the end of the era for the aircraft carrier. So these aircraft carriers are so expensive. They know that they cannot go into war zones. So they have to they have to sort of be off to the side. Well, aircraft carriers they don't need to go to the war. No. That's the whole point. No, that's yeah, the really whole point. None of the right. ships go to the war. You zone. launch you launch off yeah. and yeah. And yeah. this game is no different. That's ironically. Right. If you're smart, you keep your exactly you keep your, you keep your distance. Yeah, right. you keep your way out right. there. That's what you get the little flunky drone things for to show you where to shoot. Well, let's talk a little um, carrier command, Aaron. Well, my usual uh, disclaimer before we cover a game such as this: you are an aircraft carrier expert yeah, I, and a strategy game. And I think so I can speak for you on this one. This game is so far beyond me that I can't begin to... This is why I don't like to ever say we do reviews, because that would be ludicrous. Ludicrous statement. But we will give this game some coverage Mm -hmm. as best we can. Sure. So, uh, Carrier Command. This came out in 89, Boat. Very late release. Well into the game. Uh, In fact, this came out after the Amiga version. Mm -hmm. Um, Published by Rainbird Software. I like that name. Now, I, maybe you're going to answer this question, but this did not come on a cassette, right? Only disc, right? Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly okay. how it came. That's why I don't have it written down here. Because I, I, I know all I the... I never inst- pay attention to that because of the, because they always come on tape. All the instructions would not fit on a J-card in this game. Trust me, oh, someone no. that's poured over the instruction Well, I mean, they, they release cassette games with... Bo- in fact, this would... I'll tell you. I'll, I'll get to something. I okay. think I can answer okay. this question. Okay, okay. So this was put out by an outfit called uh, Real Time Games Software Limited. Uh, they were responsible for uh, I, I don't think we've played any of these games. Well, we have played one, but not on this machine. They were responsible for uh, Argonautica, uh, Battle Command, Star Fox, Star Glider. Remember Star Glider, uh, Star Strike 3D, Star Strike 2, and Tank Duel 3D. Uh, the uh, fellows that worked on it were a fellow named and- Andrew Onions. What a name. Yeah. Uh, he did Star Strike 3D and Tank 3D. David Lowe, who uh, worked on uh, Buggy Blast, Power Drift, Rasputin, the Star Glider games, and Thrust. I like that one. I like Thrust. Thrust. Uh, Derek Austin, uh, he worked on the Star Wars games, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, and Fighter Bomber. Uh, this was uh, your 128K Spectrum. Now, this one, uh, this is the—is this the first game we've ever covered that used the mouse the, on the Spectrum? I'm not yes, sure. I don't absolutely. think we've ever played any other game that it's used the mouse. It's the first mouse. one that we've done that used. I mouse. had seen the fact I'd seen the mouse option mm-hmm. in the emulator I used, but I didn't. I, that's the—I always wonder what it was there for. Right. And so we found out. And I will say, believe it or not, my crap emulator used the mouse emulation worked just fine. What so, crap emulator are you using? Right I don't now? know, which I can't remember the name of. Mm. It, to be honest with you, but it's, <laughs> there's two. But I, this time I used the crappiest one, but it worked. So here's the what is this game? Okay, so 
this game is set in a. Uh, I'm gonna. This is the flavor text. Effectively, the game is in the near future, uh, where a team of scientists have developed two robotic. This is the old, same old story. The scientists have developed two robotic aircraft carriers to colonize an arpeggio of 64 islands. Right? Okay. Never, ever, ever make robot military stuff. It's always a bad idea. Every time it happens, you get a hammering. So guess what happened? The more advanced carrier fell into the hands of a terrorist organization. I don't want to say who they are, but Cobra! Yeah, could, could be That's them. right. And they plan to conquer the archipelago for their own evil ends. Now, stop. Yeah. Okay. Coolest bad guy organization name. Cobra. Yeah. Red Skull. Red Skull is an organization? Red Skelton. That's a guy, comedian. Okay. Which of the I three? I would go with Cobra. Yeah. The other ones aren't anything. I thought that was Captain America. No, Red Skull is a character, not an organization. What was the Captain America guy? Captain America is the superhero that no, plays no, no, Red no. Skull. The Avengers? No, no, but so the organization wasn't called Red Skull. No, no. You, Red Skull was a was a was a scientifically altered super Nazi. Okay, well, tell me somebody else besides Cobra then. Uh, well, it was Spectre. Spectre. Yeah. Okay. Cobra versus Spectre. You never have a bad guy organization named like Clown Boy. <laughs> you know, saying you know, say the initials well, yeah. mean something like, I don't know how you can work that. Or like the Legion of Doom. Those are cool, you know, but yeah, there's no lamer ones, but yeah. So anyway, um, you your job is to go and take the less advanced carrier, because you get the dud, and you have to go and colonize the islands and then kill off the super good destroyer, the mm -hmm. super cruiser, all right? Sounds simple, right? Well, it doesn't sound simple. It it's sounds not hard, simple. And it is. So... What do you, so what do you, how do you accomplish this? Well, let me let me tell you this story from the Aaron perspective. So you this game comes up to this screen, and, and we're looking at it now. If you're watching the video, it's a screen of of it's like a uh, uh, it's like a, a uh, Scrabble game from hell. <laughs> Little yellow tiles, each with a picture that there's no conceivable way you can understand or decipher. Oh yeah, I mean this. When this thing popped up, of course, you know, I don't read any docs or anything when I first looked. And I knew instantly, I was like, okay. And someone in, I think someone in Discord uploaded the documentation. So I was like, what in God's name is this? Mm -hmm. And it, it, trust me, having the documentation didn't help me that much. But, I, but I, what you basically can do in this game, when you boil it down, you control this aircraft carrier, this super carrier. Uh, the carrier has lasers on it. All right, it's a it's a it's a tough carrier. It's got a self-repairing system. All right, and you also are armed with some like basically you've got drones that are, are different types of drones that you can use to basically help you uh, figure out what where to go, target stuff, etc. Which I'll get to that in a minute. So, but when you this thing comes up, it's like holy smokes. So just to get back to the overall game, um, this game uses a. Uh, this game uses a vector-style graphics mode. To I think that's a kind way of calling it monochrome. Well, I know it's. I mean, it does this on most games. The exception is the C64 version, which does this from a top-down 2D viewpoint, which I didn't get to see. Are you I'm serious? Like, Where do you? Wow! I didn't get to look at that. I thought that sounded cool. I did look at the Amiga version. This as well, and I know you did it as well. And it, the Amiga version is colorful, but it's it's better graphics, but it's not. It's mostly the same, really. I mean, for the most, didn't you think? Well, yeah, it is essentially the same yeah. game for sure. 
Now get this boat. I like this was kind of neat. Um, the game featured a sample, which I never heard this. The song that comes up in this thing is pretty good. Mm -hmm. It comes up. You're like, oh, listen to that. Mm -hmm. So the game features a sampled theme by a fellow named Dave Lowe. And this guy, this was a full-blown studio-recorded song called Just Another Mission. Wow. Right? And get this. Where was the where was the actual song? Well, released? get this. I'm getting there. Okay. So remember when I I remember Star uh, Glider Two mm -hmm. that came with that audio cassette. Yep. This yeah. one had the same bit. Wow. Yeah, it had a tape. It has a there's a version of this that has the second cassette on it that has the actual. Well, song. I know you bought Star Glider Two for bought, the cassette, and also then I gifted Star Glider Two. That's what you do. After I played it, you what? buy it and you gift it. Well, I wanted to read the book. That's mm. when I read it, and I was I was good to go. Uh, but I thought that was neat. Uh, anytime you can get a tape that's got the song on it that comes with the game, kind of cool. So when you start this game, you've got two choices. Well, you got three. You got options, and this has a, 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 a quite a few options. This you can uh, now. I never use the joy. I guess you can use the joystick as a mouse, but that sounds horrific. To try even try that would be nonsense. Yeah, me? I mean that that brings me back to the bad old days of the Super Nintendo, yeah. where they had so many games where you're using the pad. So I didn't even no attempt good. to try yeah. not use the mouse. The mouse, but it's got Kimston. I guess that's a Kimston mouse. And I mean, it's yeah, Kimston yeah. mouse. That's what it is. Um, anyway, aside from options, you've got two other choices. You got strategy and action. Now, this is one of those games where inherently, when I pick my first option, I look at the choices. I'm like, I'm going to go with the action one. That's a big mistake. Because the action one, so in strategy mode, you get one island, and the enemy has eight islands, and the rest of the islands are up for grabs. Right. Okay? And the, the two carriers are at their own island. Okay? Uh, uh, now, the other carrier is better than you. It can get to more islands quicker. So you're playing catch-up to the other guy. Mm -hmm. In action mode, each player possesses a network of islands. The enemy carrier has more than you, and it, and you begin... Right near the center of the map, and the other, it's so basically the other carrier can just run up on you and beat the crap out of you. Or you can go right up on the other carrier and Would give you, them the old elbow. You can't do that because you'll get mashed into a no. fine powder. So the first thing I did in this game was get blown up many times as I struggled vain, and vain attempt to understand the controls. As we mentioned, there are, there's a huge set of tiles that tell you what uh, the various. Uh, they just go to different menus of different things you can do. So I'm gonna to try to explain some of these tiles as best I can. You stop me when you hear me screw up. So amongst the things you can do from this from your main screen is uh, you can go and outfit your various drones. Well, let me get the names of these drones. Uh, the Manta is No, one. wait, what? No, Yeah. you're wrong already. Yeah, you can. No, you can. No, just, the drones are not named Manta and Walrus. Those are not drones. They're not drones. They're they're your they're craft. Different, drones are different, different things. Vehicles. You never actually played this game, did no, you? No, listen. They're, no, they are drones. No, drones are Walrus. But you man them. When you I man drones, them. That means they're not drones. That, but it's the same thing. It's your it's, craft. They're extensions of the your drone. Ship. Is a different thing in I this game. I understand. They're extensions of your craft. Is my point. They're extensions of your craft. You control them. And when the mantas get out of range, the screen goes blurry and they and they drop out of the sky. I know what they are. Okay. So anyhow, getting back to this, you can go and outfit these items. You can outfit them with a couple different items. There's different types of missiles. There's some stuff that you... Because once you capture an island, you also have to get get it rolling We've on got it, Yeah. Yeah. What was your What was the first thing you did when you did? Because I okay. watched the, I watched the demo. So the the and first the first thing I did was just pretty, I followed what the guy did, and that's what I did. I was always go in, take my craft. You could have 
I think you have it the four of these things and go in and outfit them and get them ready to go out and look around. The first thing I did was I was like, okay, I got my craft. I got my aircraft carrier. I'm on the I'm on the bow. I'm going to send out a Manta. Okay. okay. The Manta is the, the flying craft. So you outfitted it. Okay. I outfitted it and I was like, okay, click on the thing. Boom, boom. I launched the Manta. The Manta, like the flying nun, yeah. takes off and then immediately crashes yeah. into the ocean. Yeah. Okay. The reason why this happens is because you have, there are two different fuel gauges on the screen, yeah. okay? Yes. You've got sort of like your general fuel gauge, yes. and then you've got your individual Manta fuel That's gauge. That's right, and you have to put fuel in it. <laughs> you got to put fuel in the Manta. Well, you're Other, just killing me for not knowing what I was doing. I didn't do that. Otherwise, you'll launch it. It will fly into the air for a brief, the briefest of seconds and then crash. Now, tell them the, the other thing with the Manta that makes them hard to use. Well, there's lots of things. Well, the one thing that used to, if you go far away, mm-hmm. you're, you're, it, <laughs> it would just, just keep it going. It just crashes. No, because yeah. yeah, the screen goes well, fuzzy and it just, it just goes away. Here's the thing. You have an option to have these craft be automatically automatically controlled. Yeah, with the A. Right. Yeah. Um, you can click on the joystick icon to give you joystick controls. Yeah. Or actually, basically, it turns it into almost like a star glider. Yeah. Um, where you're controlling with the with, with the mouse, yeah. and um, once you are that's flying, that's that I was I was like, man, what, this is familiar. That's what it is. Right. I, I had two and two. Yeah. Right. Once you're flying around, um, you can uh, you're supposed to target various things on the island and, and blow them up and things like right. that. I was never able to actually successfully do anything. I blew with, stuff with up. Were you able yeah. to blow stuff yeah, yeah, up? Yeah. Okay, I was able to target things and kind of fire away, but I was never. I was able. To, so you were really more successful at this game. Than no, I was. that's impossible. <laughs> you just told me I didn't even play it. Now you say I'm well, You're better at than me. Well, it was when you called the Manta a drone. The Manta is a drone. It's not a drone. You're in there in the cockpit. You're not in it because you're you, like. Once the, it, listen, what did you do? The first thing you did with the Manta. What did you do to it? I crashed it. Now, if you were in the Manta, you would be dead. So clearly, you weren't in it. That's a fair point. Okay, thank you. Okay, fool. So. These two things are basically the what you use to go out and try to you can target with the with with the manta. And then the other thing to watch is helpful to like basically do stuff on the islands because it's an amphibious craft, all right? Now, there are details with these things that I can't give you. I can't tell you the variety of weapons. I can't tell you exactly all the well, things you're doing. Let's, let's, let's talk a little it. bit about how you outfit them. Yeah, because so it's you, not easy. Yeah, you go into the you go into there's there's a screen where you actually go into the. Um, it's almost like you're going below decks yeah. in the aircraft carrier, and um, there is a menu where you can select various weapons for the craft. And there are some weapons that you can only put in the front. There's only re- weapons you can only put in the rear. Right. And um, and so basically the way that I did this was I just kind of went around and I, I found things that had a cool picture. And I would put those <laughs> into the craft. That explains a lot. So you were probably putting things in that couldn't do any damage, right. for example. So that might have been part of the reason why I was unable to actually destroy anything on the island. Um, but you do have a wide variety. And this is one of the things that I appreciate about 
appreciate about this game is that you you don't have to buy anything at the beginning. You don't have to like make your loadout. Everything is already set for you and you make the choices from there. So we talked about the Manta. Why don't we take a little bit of time and talk about the other kind of craft that you can use in this game. The Walrus. The Land Brace craft. Yeah, yeah, the Walrus. I guess the Walrus is sort of an amphibious craft. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It, it launches into the ocean, and then but the Walrus can actually crawl onto land. I'm not sure if you are able... Um, does it have... Do you think tank treads? Do you think that's... One would assume it's just like a normal... I don't know. I Listen, it could be one of those boat cars. Yeah, like the duck it boat. It could be a boat-o car. I took one of those yeah. over in Boston. You know those things go- are pretty much getting banned everywhere because they're killing people. Yeah, you know? they kill people. Yeah. Thousands of people I'm assuming it's just more like, I pictured more of an amphibious craft, like a World War II type of a thing. You know? Yeah. So you, <clears throat> the walrus you man the same way. And um, I found the walrus much more easy to control, of course, because it, it doesn't fly up in the air. Um, now, what's interesting is that Whenever you, we watched, I think we probably both watched the same Let's Play of this. Uh, the first thing that the person does when he's playing in strategy mode is he immediately destroys uh, his backup walruses and his backup mantas. So he only has one walrus and one manta. And he says, because what that allows you to do is it allows you to maneuver much better because you have so much less weight. And then you can go and you can blow up the other carrier more quickly. I never did any of that. I never did that either. That seemed crazy <laughs> to me. I saw him do that. that you like, would, no. Yeah, that you would get rid of all yeah. that stuff. So when I played this game, I only played it in action mode. Okay. I like the feeling of being right in the thick of things right away. Even did you, though, did even, you know the difference? Yeah. Okay. Because in, the, in strategy mode, you start out and you've got to really play a long time before you even encounter another player. Right. I like that because I didn't know what I was doing. So I needed time to figure out what okay. was happening. Okay. But yeah, but go ahead. But anyway, um, so when I played this, I always played in action mode, and I read a strategy where somebody actually was able to actually, instead of just trying to capture the islands and eventually destroy the enemy tanker, they were able to basically maneuver through the islands, locate the enemy tanker, destroy him, and then work their way back up through the backside, taking over the islands and not having to worry about the enemy destroyer. Were you was that was that oh, a strategy? I you didn't employed? have my strategy was like. Click button, pray for help. That mm. was, I was not anywhere. I didn't get anywhere near like, good enough just to to uh, to get into where I could have a strategy. Once I figured out what to do, that was a big help. I mean, I was trying to send stuff out the islands. I think I was capturing islands. I was putting stuff on them, so I assumed that meant they were mine. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not even sure about that. So your ship as a whole, if you if you should be a uh, if you should actually get your ship into a combat area, I mentioned that it had lasers. It's also got a repair system. It's kind of an, it's kind of neat the way it works, and I did experience this unfortunately right before I sank most of the time. But your repair system on the ship will repair stuff that happens on your boat, and depending on what gets where you get shot, it depends on what damage is done. And the repair system, um, it sort of launches automatically. It can whenever. even re- yeah, it, you can even get hit in the repair system, mm-hmm. and then it has to repair itself. The only thing it can't repair is basically the bulkhead of the ship. The actual structure of the, the structure ship. Of yeah, because once right. that's gone, you're you're done. Of course, you could have. I think uh, I read you could have up to eight walruses and 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 mantas, but uh, uh, you can only use four. I this was this is where I was losing track of what I was doing. I could, I, I would do one thing at a time, try my best. But the mantis is. I don't think I ever successfully landed one. I think they all got killed. Well, what you do is you you know after you accomplish your mission, you immediately go back to autopilot and you click the button that says return to base. Yeah, you're I not never, landing this thing back on the. Carrier yeah, I never, I never, did, I never got any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I should mention, by the way, that your ship is the ACC Epsilon and your opponent is the ACC Omega. Really? So it, it did get the better name mm. in that in that department. It's a shame that they didn't, um, you know, name your ship something cooler. Yeah. The uh, I mentioned that your that your that your Mantis after they you lose contact and in the war too you lose contact with them. I read, which I didn't know this, but you can actually dis- you can dispatch a communications like item on your on your uh, on your ships on your little drones, and they can take it out, and they can extend how far you could you could actually fly around, which would be cool. Now you I never ta- tried. You that. keep talking about drones, but you haven't mentioned the actual drones that are on your ship. What do you mean the actual drones? So there are actual things called drones on your ship. And you launch these things, and they protect you from incoming mantas and oh, walrus attacks. See, I don't think I ever launched those. Yeah. Because I got instantly murdered. You've got to do that, or yeah. else you're going to get instantly yeah. murdered. I, did, I didn't do it. I okay. never did it. Okay. You see, there's the shortcomings right. of this. This game was uh, well over my ability to understand, mm. for the most part. But I, did, I gave it the college try. Uh, I did it. I did think, getting back to the, the graphics... Um, it's not pretty, but I mean, it, the the wireframe sort of look to it does work. You can well, it sort of works. It doesn't really work. It's that well. not the best. But I mean, this is a case study in how one can use um, sort of like a, a cross hatching and uh, all of the all of the things that you learned in a middle school art class to uh, to kind of give you <laughs> a sense of like what is land, what is water. What is a solid object? Yeah. But at the end of the day, your brain just sort of rejects it all and just says, what are we doing here? Why are we not playing the Amiga version? Well, um, this this was, you know, really a game I admire for being given that, you know, the old college try on the spectrum. But it's really not an enjoyable experience, not because the interface is bad. The interface is fine. It's just the monochromatic depiction of all of these different things it's just blue until the cows come home and whenever you're looking at various things you have to just constantly tell your brain okay well this is the thing that is supposed to represent this thing and maybe it's because i learned most of what i learned about this game from watching somebody play the amiga version but it was really, really difficult for me to get any kind of enjoyment out of the the, the, the ZX Spectrum version um, after seeing it. Maybe if I would have seen this on the Spectrum first and then gone over. But it's very, very sparse. It's very sparse. Now, on the upside, when you're flying the Manta and when you're piloting the Walrus, uh, it's very smooth. And I thought that the mouse control was actually quite good. Uh, this was my first time, just like Aaron, using the mouse on the Spectrum. And I thought it was very responsive. Um, I'm not sure, um, you know, how widespread the mouse was in terms of peripherals on the Spectrum, how many people had them. But using the PC mouse through Spectaculator, it, it worked quite well. Um, so I, I was pleased with that. And I was pleased with the the, the UI, but just... I don't know. This is this just seems like a step too far for me. This is really where if you want to play a game like Carrier Command, maybe it's time to shell out the money for a 16-bit system. I'm going to disagree with you on this. Okay. And I'll tell you why. And listen, because this isn't my sort of game, or I don't have the aptitude to to succeed at it. Um, they what they've done here is I think it's quite remarkable. Uh, th- you know, I don't like, and we get this a lot playing a lot of European stuff where they don't they don't have any actual words on the screen, and they don't they just have lots of buttons. Mm-hmm. And I can take this in small doses, even 
uh, Hook was that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all that said, this game, there's a lot to it. And and so that and that's its strength as well as its weakness. Uh, there's a lot to it. But if this is your type of game, I think they've done an, a pretty good job in putting together a pretty um, a pretty large, expansive game with a lot that requires a lot of strategy and thought. That I think the del- I think it delivers well enough on the graphics to where it's playable. I mean, if you think of what the just the guts that port something like this to the spectrum. Is, is gutsy. It shows and, that even in 88, there were still... You said that this came out in 89, right? Yeah. Okay, so maybe my date is wrong. Um, the, the, uh, there was still such a user base of the ZX Spectrum in 89 that this was worth putting the effort into porting over. I mean, Amazing. think about, think about the, Here's the other systems this was released on, okay, to put it in perspective. We mentioned the Amiga, the Atari ST and DOS, okay? Amstrad... The C64, and which did a different version, mind you, and the Mac. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you talk about batting well out of your weight class here, out of your batting average. The Spectrum is, and of course, like I said, the C64. They they didn't even try this on the C64. All right. right, not not to bury the 64, but they didn't even give this a shot. They knew They're the like, Spectrum was the only 8-bit machine. Well, that the could Spectrum can ha- they they had a plan. Right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Spectrum fans, people that owned a Spectrum, were well accustomed to having sort of monochrome gaming experiences. C64 people were not that way. They were used to having full color things. And the thing is, the C64 couldn't handle this in full color. They'd have to make it just like this to get it to run on the C64. I would wonder if this, as part, if part of the reason that this, that they didn't use this on the 64 is, uh, is because of the memory restraints. Right. Because this is a 128K game. I would say that I would not be surprised because there's a lot going on here. And trust me when I tell you this, and I mentioned at the top of this at uh, this look at this game, there's so much stuff that I had no idea. I mean, you can do stuff like uh, launch flares. There's all the stuff about about outfitting your various items that you can do and retrofitting them. You can make more. The stuff about actually taking over the island. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds. There's a wealth of things. Right. Uh, I don't want anyone to think that this is a full foot because uh, there's so much stuff that I just looked at in the docs. I was like, holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Right, can you, and is this the best interface? Maybe because this is sort of the interface they use on all the other machines. Is mm-hmm. it the most colorful? No, but I mean they. But they, the interface is pretty close to what is on the Amiga. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. my point. I mean, this was pretty much the interface, and mm-hmm. so I think this is quite a an achievement on the on the Spectrum. But it's not a game I would have played on any system. Spectrum, Amiga, anything. It's just not my type of game. Too hit. Too much for me to keep track of. But you know, a a for effort on on in that department. Um, I did look up the. Uh, uh, I did look up how this did. <clears throat> this did. This got an eight point one three score on World of Spectrum. A very good score. That is a very good. Score. Um, the reviews for this were off the charts. This is one of the highest reviewed games we ever pl- have played. Um, Crash gave, gave this a, a ninety six. They said it was the best seafaring game ever. The best seafaring yeah. game ever. Sinclair wow. user gave this a ninety six. They said it was a masterful piece of programming, one of the finest products I've ever seen on the Spectrum. A game on par with Elite. Okay. All right. Uh, the Games Machine uh, gave this a 94. You know, and they said uh, well-defined, neatly shaded, solid 3D objects, flaw- faultless presentation and gameplay, 
which betters its 16-bit counterparts. And this was something I read that this had improvements over the other 16 of the 16-bit version. You know, I'm not an expert on the 16-bit version. Maybe they're right. Yeah, uh, your Sinclair gave this a 92. They said it was astonishingly brilliant stuff. Uh, Ace gave this a very solid score as well. Uh, so this it also won the Crash uh, Smash. You know the usual stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so I mean, this thing was well, well regarded. I mean, every I don't think we had a game that was this well regarded. So I, and again, I, is it great? You'd have to tell me. It's above me, but I mean, it got very good scores. I did look this up on eBay, and actually, the the money for this is all over the net. But I'll let you read our reviews first. Okay. Uh, let's then we see. got a couple. A couple we, people braved it. Yeah. One, one, one guy. Yeah. The one and only Chris Foles. I know Graham was in was in transit this week, I think. So yeah. I we had know. a couple people coming in from Amiga Ireland. So uh, uh, Chris Fold says, I have fond memories of this from the Amiga. I loved exploring in what was for the time an impressive 3D world. The Spectrum version is an incredible feat of software. However, it suffers a lot. If you don't have a Kempston mouse, forget about it. The controls are horrible. However, without the cool color 3D, the core of the game has become more exposed, revealing all its flaws and nuances. I feel they were too busy seeing if they could. They never thought if they should. Five out of ten. I bet. Something tells me that this game would suffer that sort of look on most systems now. Mm. I think <clears throat> the interface on this is... It, it is ancient. I mean, it, it reminds me of the games that, the way they used to be. Dif they, were, they were difficult games, mm -hmm. you know, they were not. And it's easier to make a more approachable set setup for this now. Um, again, I looked up on eBay. Uh, you can get the game for anywhere from, I saw it going anywhere from 26 to 55 bucks. I did see sealed copies going as well. So if that's, if, if, if I saw at least one. So if, if that's your bag. Uh, this did get a sequel, by the way, uh, called Battle Command, which I didn't even come close to looking at. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm. like, get out while the getting's mm -hmm. good. You know, but overall, you know, this is one... I hate games like this, and not just because I don't like them. It's because I wish I was better at them. I mean, that's what bugs me. I'm just... Uh, when I sit here and, and say that I gave this a whirl, I mean, I, I labored on this thing quite... I played this more than I did the Amiga game this week, and not because I wanted to, it's because I was trying to have something so I could, when I got here, I wouldn't sound like a blubbering fool. It was it was hard to get a grip on what I was doing. Uh, once I And it's one of those games you must read the documentation, you know, and a strategy And, and, the, and this is something that, um, you know, back in the day when you received a manual, uh, you would pour over all of it. Not only the mechanics of the game itself, but the flavor text. And this is one of these games that gives you the full history of the the aircraft carrier and all its antecedents. And um, and when you're pouring over this as a text file on the internet, some of that is lost. And you really just want to get down to the meat of like, what do I need to do in this game to be successful? And uh, I felt like if I would have had the actual manual itself versus just looking at the text file, maybe I would have been able to absorb more of it more quickly. But at its root, this game is Capture the Flag. You've got uh, two aircraft carriers at opposite sides of the map at the beginning, if you're playing the strategy mode, and you're basically just trying to capture each other's islands. You're trying to capture all the islands and eventually destroy the other carrier. That's the, that's the meat of the game. If you go into action mode, it basically just gives you more islands and you're, you're facing off. You're closer to the carrier when you start. Yeah, it's it was something. It, it does remind me of those games where you get that manual and you 
take it to school with you, take mm-hmm. it to can or right. whatever. And you're like, oh yeah. boy, I can't wait to give this thing a whirl. Yeah. So yeah. And that's the way it was. You know, back in the day, you only get a couple games a year. You're gonna you're gonna pour over this. This reminded me when I bought Armageddon for the Amiga. Very similar. I was like, this looks great. I'll read the book. And I knew the second I picked the manual up, I was like, oh, I'm screwed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and screwed I was. Absolutely. Well, we want to thank our um, supporters. Uh, first of all, we want to thank Spence for uh, choosing this game this week, a member of the Clives Club. And we want to thank all our uh, Spectrum supporters. We got Hermski, Andrew Waite, David Spencer, Captain Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Gary Heather, Eric Nelson, Harbonaut, Graham Vebke, Frodo, NL, Tapes from the Crypt, Pixels at Dawn, Chris Folds, Boss Man, Paul Harrington, and Christopher Hassall. Thank you so much. And if you guys enjoy Our Sinclair and you're not yet a supporter, please visit our page at Our Sinclair. Uh, I'm sorry, patreon.com slash Our Sinclair. I uh, also want to thank everybody over in the chat. It's been a lively hopping chat this evening. We've got Brock101 here, Picard2010, Edvin Helen, Funkle Dunkle, Funkle Drunkle. Not really sure how to You're stealing your that. gimmick. Yeah. Um, L. Curtis B. Go to Go Sub, Edvin Helen ensconced in the man cave. Uh, and of course, our mod, Mod Among Men, Pixels of Dawn Gaming. Thank you so much for being with us. We do record the show live every Friday at 5.30 Eastern. We'd love for you to join us live in the chat, if you can, over at twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. Aaron, next week we're going to be playing The Great Escape. Oh, oh now see, it's funny. This one I'd heard of a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. This was suggested by Clive's Club this, member Graham W. This is based on the film. Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't actually, I said yes, but I don't know. I think if it's the one I'm thinking of, it is. Is The Great Escape a train film? No. No, this is a uh, escaping from a prison camp film. Oh. Doot, doot. You never seen that movie? Mm-mm. It's good. Did it start with doot, doot? Yeah. But, mm. Hey, look. We, we, people seem to think it's a good game. I, yeah. I remember reading about this way before we even started the show, so that'll be great. I've never got to, I've never got to play this. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Until then, rewind tape and press play. <laughs>